Well, a very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come to Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia, and as always, it is a great joy to be here with you, as the Lord allows us this time every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And you know what? I'm playing with my little system here, and the headphone is picking up both uh, broadcasts, so I don't know what I'm doing here. Anyway, um, so happy to be here. I'll take my headset off for the time being. And thank you for being, I'm back, I'm back, away for a couple of weeks. You can see if you're watching live on our uh, YouTube channel or on our um, Facebook page or our homepage, you can see our brand new control board here that we uh, now have. And thanks to our very, very generous um, board member who um, uh, made a, a very generous donation here and allowed us to do this and upgrade our system and uh, still getting a little used to it, so bear with me. But anyway, I'm happy to be back. We had a, a lovely time uh, away, Cheryl and I and, and our family, And but I'm happy to be back with you, my friends, here already the last week of February. Can you believe it, how fast this time is going? But um, anyway, I thank you for being here, for being a part of this program, and invite you, as always, uh, to join me as we begin our time in prayer. And guess what? <laughs> my, my prayer is not here. So we'll do a little impromptu prayer because, uh, again, everything was cleared out. You see, we have a brand new set, so to speak, and uh, I got to set up um, everything I need to. I should have done this earlier, but, you know, I'm still kind of a little, little bit vacation mode. So uh, just bear with me on that one. Um, but anyway, let's do this. Let's pray first, my friends. And as always, I invite you uh, to join me in prayer. And we're going to pray for many things um, as we gather now. And, and no matter where you're listening from, how you're listening or watching, you know, we, we're so thrilled. We're going, literally going around the world with all of these broadcasts now through the uh, many technologies that we use. And it is something that uh, the Lord just keeps, just keeps building up the apostolate. You know, there's just so many things we're so thankful for along the way. And it is something that... Uh, uh, every day, you know, every day, we thank the Lord for the many blessings He bestows on us here. And I was thinking a lot about this because um, in a couple of weeks, and again, we thank God for that, in a couple of weeks, um, we're going to be going to EWTN, and um, uh, when we go down there, Cheryl and I, we're going to be guests on Jim and Joy. Thanks, Nick, for doing that. My <laughs> Our engineer remotely fixed the headset problem. I could see what he was doing, and now my headset is working fine. Um, but Cheryl and I will be going down to EWTN um, uh, the second weekend in March, and we've been invited to be guests on Jim and Joy's program. And they asked us to uh, formulate some some questions, some things to cover, and, you know, we go back over the, 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 the long, now long history of not just this apostolate, but our work in Catholic radio um, over these many years. This is my 25th year of Catholic broadcasting and um, just seeing the hand of God so many times and in so many ways. So we're going to make that a great big Thanksgiving today as part of our prayer. Also, I'll ask you, my brothers and sisters, we're, we're still praying for... The miracle, and we know it has to be a miracle. Our young friend Maria, who had undergone some uh, experimental uh, treatment, um, and she's back home now with her family, and we're all proclaiming a miracle. There's been nothing official as far as 
you know, the, the tumor itself on the brainstem yet. But we know that we have to believe. And as I shared with her parents um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, one night I was, I was just, I couldn't go to sleep. I was tossing and turning and my entire mind was just flowing through inter- intercession for her and praying. And I felt the Lord speak to me that there, there is no medical treatment. There is no medicine. There is no technology. There are no hands on this earth that can heal this individual, only the Lord himself. And so we're going to proclaim that and uh, just keep that in prayer as well. And again, thank you for your patience during our absence here and having to put on some repeats. Um, We thank God for, again, allowing us to continue and pray for Cheryl and me too. As I said, we're going down to EWTN in a couple of weeks, a couple of other things that we're in the process of hopefully working on and discussing. So anyway, all of that, and I thank God for you, my friends, for allowing us to be a part of uh, this uh, time with you. So again, let's begin as we begin all good things in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And as I said, I don't have my official prayers here in front of me. Uh, We have the whole uh, control area here was completely redone. um, And uh, I had to move everything before I left and I forgot to bring it back. So let's just pray in prompt you and ask the Holy Spirit to guide us and lead us. So we come to you today, Lord, in a very special way. Upon our return from a restful vacation, I thank you for allowing Cheryl and me and our family to have some time together in a beautiful part of this country that is very special to us. Uh, We thank you, Lord, for safe travels. I thank you, Lord, in a special way today for all of our domestic church media family. This uh, day before... Ash Wednesday, this, as it's called, Shrove Tuesday or Mardi Gras or Fat Tuesday. Uh, We feast today, perhaps, because tomorrow we fast. And as we begin our Lenten journey together, my friends, I will share with you some of Holy Father's Lenten message, message today and tomorrow. Lord, we thank you for giving us this time to share the words of your vicar with our listeners. And I thank you, Lord, again, for all of our listeners, for all that they do for us in prayer and sacrifice, time and talent and treasure in spreading the word. And and thanks, uh, Lord, for all of the individuals who regularly support our work here and those who do it as their means allow. We're a month away from our spring radiothon. And so I pray that this month of March, these first four weeks of Lent, we begin tomorrow that people will recognize as a great time of of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, and that in order for us to every day bring the gospel of Jesus Christ out to potentially millions of souls every day, that we do this faithfully and we do it with great joy because we know that souls are being touched. I ask you, Lord, also to pray for all of our listeners and, and their special intentions that they raise up to you right now. We don't know who's listening. We don't know who's watching. We don't know when or how, but you do, and you can feel their prayers and hear their prayers, and their prayers reach your divine ears and your heart. And so I ask you, Lord, please, to look favorably upon their requests. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. 
St. Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, again, my brothers and sisters, I thank you for being here, and I'm, I'm so happy to be back with you. Uh, I was just thinking about this earlier as I was uh, contemplating, you know, I've been away for two weeks um, because of the work that's being done here in the uh, studio and almost complete. There's still some other work that has to be done, but you can see if you're watching, uh, again, our brand new control board, our brand new work area here that uh, was so uh, beautifully constructed by our master craftsman, uh, Mr. McCarty, who has done a lot of beautiful work for us here in the studio and in the station responsible for our chapel. Uh, but it's great to be back, and um, I know that uh, we asked for your patience while we wore away because we had to put repeat broadcasts on. Uh, I did get an email from one of our listeners, uh, uh, kind of chuckled a little bit because she was herself chuckling, saying that she was listening to Friday's program. And I guess we were discussing the possibility of snow, and she told her husband it was going to snow because she heard it on Catholic radio. Um, obviously, it was a repeat. From a few weeks ago. So anyway, happy to be back today. We're going to go and share with you some of our Holy Father's message for Lent, uh, but also um, uh, Holy Father also uh, gave a homily this morning, and I had it in front of me. Where did it go? <laughs> oh, my. There we go. I don't know. <laughs> I think I'm getting, I'm getting, one thing I'm finding out as, a, as I get older, I'm getting a little bit... Um, a little bit, uh, what do you, how do you say it, um, confused. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, let's do this. Let's go. I'm trying to find where the Holy Father gave his homily today, and I don't know what I did with it. Why don't we do this? We'll start with the Holy Father's message for Lent and see how far we get, because it's a beautiful message uh, that he gives us. He does this every year, as every one of our Holy Fathers does. And this is the message for Lent. So as I, as I read you the words, you know, my friends, tomorrow, of course, is Ash Wednesday, it's not a holy day of obligation, but certainly do. Please, go get your ashes and, and, and wear them proudly throughout the day. You know, get them in the morning so that you go to work and people question and, and give a great, a great example, a great witness to your faith. I remember Father Bendick, God rest his soul, would say that, of course, he lived in New York City. And these programs that we hear are probably, you know, 15, 20 years old. And he was saying even then, that long ago, that on Ash Wednesday in New York, not just Catholics go to the churches and get ashes. There are many non-Catholics who went to the Catholic churches to get ashes as well. Uh, it's, a, it's a beginning of a beautiful season, a beautiful season in which we prepare for the glory of Easter. And you know, my brothers and sisters, every year we all set these goals, don't we? What are we giving up for Lent? What are we going to do for Lent? How are we going to make this a special Lent? How are we going to be a holier person on Easter Sunday than we were on Ash Wednesday? because of our sacrifices, our prayers, our, our, our fasting, our almsgiving. How are we going to do that? We all start out with, with determination, don't we, to say, these are the things I'm going to do. And over the past uh, number of years now, we've heard a lot of people say, instead of giving something up for Lent, you know, do something. Uh, it's easy, perhaps, for many to say, okay, I'm not going to have candy for the next six weeks, or I'm not going to... Uh, you know, eat bread for the next six weeks or, or uh, you know, um, whatever the, the treat is that we might give ourselves. But to strive for our own personal sanctification, to strive to become holier in how we live our lives, maybe I'm going to strive to be kinder to people, less bitter, 
uh, less judgmental. I'm going to strive to be more compassionate, you know, and if you can, and I know it's not possible for most people because of work schedules and things, but if you can, get to Mass as often as possible on a daily basis, if you can. Many churches offer additional Masses during this season. I remember when I worked in my uh, secular job over in uh, Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, up in Horsham, uh, my office was across the street from St. Catherine's, I believe was the, was the church over there. And during Lent, they would have a 1210 Mass in the afternoon every day, week, weekdays. And I was able to get uh, over, over there for my lunch hour. And I loved that because I couldn't get to morning Mass. We were raising the children at the time. It was very difficult. I had to get to work. My schedules would, would change. Uh, my start time would change and things. So, uh, so I loved the fact that at lunch hour, I was able to get over to Mass. And, of course, now I have the ability every day to get to the Holy Sacrifice, and that's uh, another blessing that I have in, in, in working here. But if you, if you can, make the effort uh, to get to daily Mass during Lent. It will just, I, I guarantee you, will add to your spiritual journey the building up, the sanctification for each one of us through the celebration of the Holy Sacrifice. So we begin that tomorrow. We still have a little, a little Fat Tuesday left. Uh, Cheryl and I have a little tradition that we've had for many years now at our house on, on uh, the day before Ash Wednesday. We, we have our one calzone of the year. We order a calzone. <laughs> and eat it on Fat Tuesday. And, boy, you can't feed a calzone. Oof. So I'm looking forward to that treat. But then, again, tomorrow we fast. But here's what Holy Father Pope Francis said in his message for Lent this year. He said, Dear brothers and sisters, this year the Lord grants us once again a favorable time to prepare to celebrate with renewed hearts the great mystery of the death and resurrection of Jesus, the cornerstone of our personal and communal Christian life. We must continually return to this mystery in mind and heart, for it will continue to grow within us in the measure that we are open to its spiritual power and respond with freedom and generosity. So there again, my friends, the onus is back on us. Holy Father says that we will, uh, the, the mystery that we return to every year will continue to grow within us in the measure that we are open to it. How many people do we know who have left the church or are nominal in their faith, not practicing their faith, occasionally practice their faith? Tomorrow is just another day, and these next six weeks are just another six weeks. People looking more forward to the... Uh, change of season into spring than they are to the celebration of the glory of resurrection. These these days, you know, we haven't had much of a winter, have we, this year? It's, it's been a very, very pleasant and mild winter. I thank God for that because the older I get, the, the, the less I want to see snow and ice. So it's been a very good winter. Now here we are only three weeks away from uh, the first day of spring. We know March, you know, has had has a history of, of dumping some snow on us, but because of the time of year and the angle of the sun, that snow never really usually lasts too long if it does fall. But I don't know if we're going to get any. But we do know one thing, that we have these next six weeks to journey through this beautiful liturgical season, 
that takes us into the season of spring, but most important, takes us into the celebration of the Paschal mystery, the passion, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The hope for each and every one of us, the promise that he gives to us and brings to us for our own eternal salvation. So Holy Father said that this beautiful mystery that we return to in mind and heart, Pope Francis said, will continue to grow within us in the measure, though, that we are open to, the spir- to its spiritual power and our response to that with our freedom and generosity. Pope Francis writes, Christian joy flows from listening to and accepting the good news of the death and resurrection of Jesus. This sums up the mystery of love, a love so real, so true, so concrete, that it invites us to a relationship of openness and fruitful dialogue. Whoever believes this message rejects the lie that our life is ours to do with as we will. Rather, life is born of the love of God our Father from his desire to grant us life in abundance. If we listen instead to the tempting voice of the father of lies, Pope Francis said, we risk sinking into the abyss of absurdity and experiencing hell here on earth, all as all too many tragic events in the personal and collective human experience sadly bear witness. One thing Pope Francis has done uh, since he's been our Holy Father has been to preach on the reality and the action in the world of the devil. He's never, you know, I know he has a, a reputation by some of being ambiguous and not clear on certain things, but you have to say this, he's always been very clear about the reality and the presence of Satan in the world today and throughout human history. He said that, whoever, again, whoever believes this message, this beautiful message of, of love so real, so concrete that it invites us to a relationship of openness and fruitful dialogue, whoever believes this message rejects the lie that our life is ours to do with as we will. How many times have we heard that? That's the reason people use for aborting children. It's my body. I'll do with it what I want. This is my life. I'll live it the way I want. And so when that attitude is lived, the devil, who is very, very wily and very slick, he is, as Pope Francis here, quoting from John 8, is the father of lies, will tempt us to believe that we have that right to do with our life as we will. But life is born of the love of God our Father, Pope Francis says, from his desire to grant us life in abundance. I got an email, and I didn't get a chance to answer it yet. 
over the weekend. I was still uh, traveling. But I will get to it. I don't know if you're listening right now, my friend, but someone wrote me an email who was concerned about, I guess, the repeat Friday program we had on. We were interviewing um, um, Dr. Paul Thigpen and his book, Saints Who Saw Hell. And this individual, God love him, wrote to me very, very honestly, and I appreciate that, that he had he, he felt that discussion weakened his faith because he can't believe that a loving God would even allow his children to perish that way. And I'm, if I'm misquoting you, my friend, I don't, I don't have the email in front of me. But the point is this. Our God, our Father, our Creator, the one who brought us into being, created us for life in abundance. That's true. He didn't create us for death. He didn't create us for eternal damnation. That's the last thing he wants. But we have to remember that our God is all merciful and all just, and he has given each and every soul the great gift of free will. And so it's the soul, the individual, who chooses to reject the mercy of God and to decide, and I, I, I too can't imagine how a soul in the presence of God could say, I don't want to be with you, I'd rather be down there with that guy for eternity and all that suffering. And the church does teach that hell is a very real state of being. It does exist. And people may go there. Souls may go there. The church has never taught that anyone by name is there. Never. The church gives us a canon, a whole list of, of, of uh, individuals who are in glory. They are the canonized saints but Mother Church has never, ever said that anyone by name is in hell. We, in our own human judgment, perhaps, can decide, which I know a few people who should be there, right? In fact, I got I to tell you, last night, I'm very weird. I've had some weird dreams lately, but the I, weirdest dream last night I had, I, I don't know, I, I, was, I was, and I don't know why I was dreaming this, but Hitler was in my dream, and I was, I was being held captive. It's a horrible thing. Now, Hitler's a name. When you hear that name, people say, oh, Hitler must be in hell. I don't know that. What happened at the moment of his transition from this life into the next? If we listen to, although private revelation, but, but the church teaches worthy of belief, if we listen to the, the, the writings of St. Faustina, the apostle of mercy, uh, who and I shared it with you many times on this program, that beautiful uh, passage that our Lord shared with her, of the despairing soul and the merciful God and how God will do whatever he can to convince that soul to accept his mercy. So I don't know. You know, there are many, many people who have walked this earth who have done horrible, horrible, uh, despicable, unthinkable things. 
that we, if we were the judge, oh, that person should be in hell. I, I, the church doesn't teach anybody by name is there, but says it is real, and people may go there if they choose to do so. And the devil is real, and the devil would love to drag as many souls into the pits of hell with him as, as he can. So Holy Father Pope Francis is saying that if we listen to that tempting voice of the father of lies, we risk, in this life, we risk sinking into the abyss of absurdity, Pope Francis says, and experiencing hell here on earth as all too many tragic events in the personal and collective human experiences sadly bear witness. Then Pope Francis writes, In this Lent of 2020, I would like to share with every Christian what I wrote to young people in the apostolic exhortation, Christus Vivit. Keep your eyes fixed on the outstretched arms of Christ crucified. Let yourself be saved over and over again. And when you go to confess your sins, believe firmly in his mercy, which frees you of your guilt. Contemplate his blood poured out with such great love and let yourself be cleansed by it. In this way, you can be reborn ever anew. And you know, the devil wants us to not believe that. But listen to this again. Again, the words of Pope Francis that he wrote to young people in an apostolic exhortation, Christus Vivit. And this applies to all of us, my friends. And what a great way to start Lent. Because first of all, we're all fallen people. We're all sinful people. There's nobody walking this planet who is without sin. We're all sinners. We all fall. But as we now are on the eve of the beginning of this Lenten journey, let's heed these words of Pope Francis. Keep your eyes fixed on the outstretched arms of Christ crucified. Let yourself be saved over and over again. And when you go to confess your sins, so the, exhort, the, 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 the exhortation here, the commission here by the Holy Father is go to confession. When you go to confess your sins, believe firmly in his mercy, which frees you of your guilt. You know, if we go to confession as we should on a regular basis, we make that good active, make that good examination of conscience, go over our failings, our faults, the things we did and, and have failed to do, and make a good confession and a firm purpose of amendment while confessing. Make an act of contrition, a good, solid act of contrition, and then hear those beautiful words that Father says in persona Christi. It's Jesus who speaks these words. I absolve you from your sins. Holy Father said when we do that, we, 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 we keep our eyes fixed on the outstretched arms of Jesus and him crucified and let ourselves be saved over and over again because Jesus knows we're going to fall. We don't want to sin. 
But we know we 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 we, we, we but the world, the flesh, and the devil. That's how temptations come. And because of our weak human nature, we fall. But regular prayer, regular reception of Holy Communion, regular confession, and the sanctifying graces we receive, they fortify us. You know, you hear a lot about the uh, the, the um, coronavirus and the flu. You know, we, we have to build up our defense against these illnesses through vitamins, healthy habits, you know, keep ourselves as healthy as possible, wash your hands, you hear all the things on how to prevent. Well, you know, in, in the spiritual realm, in the sacraments, especially Holy Communion, especially confession, regular prayer, keeping our, our hearts pure, builds up an enormous defense against the virus that is the devil trying to attack us. If we let our defenses down, our prayer life wanes. Ah, we don't have to go to confession. God knows I'm sorry. Ah, I can miss Mass this weekend, and we start missing two weekends and three weekends, and our reception of Holy Communion goes away. And all these things, my friends, our defenses are down, and the devil comes after us. We'll get back to this in just a bit. Take a break. Don't go away. There's more to come on Come to Me.
said, where two or more are gathered, there I am. Be there, guys. So to get more information, go to catholicmanforjesuschrist.org, and you can register online. From East Brunswick to East Windsor. Newtown to Neptune. Farmingdale to Flemington. Spring Lake to Stockton. From Colts Neck to Columbia. New Hope to New Egypt. Domestic Church Catholic Radio, proclaiming Jesus Christ in the new springtime of the church. Welcome back, my friends, and uh, we're going to continue with the Holy Father's um, message for Lent in just a, just a moment or two, but I do want to remind you that coming up this weekend is the uh, annual Catholic Men for Jesus Christ conference, and uh, Mark Teixeira, uh, former New York Yankee, will be a featured speaker, as will Marcelino D'Ambrosio, Dr. Italy as he's known. And um, Stephen Auth will be there as well. Uh, We're going to be there. Cheryl and I will be there with uh, other friends uh, gathered around our domestic church media table. And um, I believe we're going to record, I'm sorry, broadcast live the mass from the event with Bishop O'Connell. So we'll look forward to that. And uh, but if you haven't yet chance uh, had a chance to register, guys, you can go to CatholicMenForJesusChrist.org and register there. I believe there's a five dollar discount if you do it online. Um, it's going to be a big event this year, uh, as it is every year. But I think when you have someone um, as uh, well-known uh, as Mark Teixeira, who uh, obviously a very, very popular sports figure, he retired a few years ago, but uh, for 10 years played with the Yankees. And his first year there in 2009, they won the world championship. And he was, uh, he's a great, he's a great Catholic. And so he's going to be the one of the featured speakers. So go to catholicmenforjesuschrist.org and register. Uh, as I said, uh, Bishop O'Connell will celebrate Mass midday, um, and uh, we'll be there uh, with our domestic church media table. You can come up and say howdy. Cheryl will be there with me and uh, others. So we look forward to seeing you. And uh, go to catholicmenforjesuschrist.org and register today because it will be um, you get a $5 discount if you register now. You can pay at the door, but it'll cost you five bucks more. And we hope to see you there. Okay, let's go back to the uh, message from Holy Father for Lent. And we left off where he um, shared something he wrote to young people in his apostolic exhortation, Christus Vivit, um, keep your eyes fixed on the outstretched arms of Christ crucified. Let you yourself be saved over and over again. And when you go to confess your sins, believe firmly in his mercy, which frees you of your guilt. Contemplate his blood poured out with such great love and let yourself be cleansed by it. In this way, you can be reborn ever anew. And Holy Father writes, Jesus' Pasch is not a past event. Rather, through the power of the Holy Spirit, it is ever-present, enabling us to see and touch the faith, with faith, the flesh of Christ in those who suffer. And then Pope Francis said this, and now this is an important 
important. Well, the whole thing is important, obviously, but, but he talks about the urgency of conversion. The urgency of conversion. He said, it's good to contemplate more deeply the past mystery through which God's mercy has been bestowed upon us. Indeed, the experience of mercy is only possible in a face-to-face relationship with the crucified and risen Lord who loved me and gave himself for me. That's from Galatians 2. In a heartfelt dialogue between friends, that is why prayer is so important in Lent. Even more than, than a duty, Pope Francis writes, prayer is an expression of our need to respond to God's love, which always precedes and sustains us. Christians pray in the knowledge that, although unworthy, we are still loved. Prayer can take any number of different forms, but what truly matters in God's eyes is that it penetrates deep within us and chips away at our hardness of heart in order to convert us ever more fully to God and to his will. So a lot in that uh, first paragraph there in this second part of the message, the urgency of conversion, that the experience of mercy is only possible in a face-to-face relationship with the crucified and risen Lord. You know, you hear uh, the word encounter, but I was just reading something Pope Francis had written a few years ago about encountering Christ, and, and Pope Benedict talked about encountering Christ. And encountering is this, this uh, in this dialogue with Jesus. You know, it's something that is a developed relationship, but if we, if we, and prayer is the is the the key because prayer enables us to converse with the Lord, to speak with Him, and to listen to Him. You know, if you don't communicate with someone, and especially on a one-on-one, face-to-face level, you don't really get to know a lot about them or know them too well. Think about you know when you first met your spouse or you first met your best friend, if the lines of communications didn't go beyond that first meeting, you wouldn't, that wouldn't be your friend or he or she wouldn't be your spouse. It it takes this communication, this face-to-face, one-on-one relationship. And so in order for us to encounter fully Jesus Christ— the one who loves me and gave himself up for me and you and all mankind needs to be a heartfelt dialogue as between friends. And Holy Father said, that's why prayer is so important. And he said, it's even more than a duty because prayer is an expression of our need to respond to God's love, which always precedes and sustains us. If there are people you know or people with whom you've spoken or people, yeah, sadly, even, even relatives or friends who say, well, I know there's a supreme being, but I don't really know much about him or 
I know Jesus was, seemed to be a good person, a prophet perhaps, but I, I have a hard time with believing his divini- in his divinity, being the Son of God, or that whole story. They're not communicating with him. They're not dialoguing with him. They're not uh, praying. You know, the more we pray, the more we get to know. As I've shared with you so often, I love to pray, and I'm so happy to be, you know, as I said, we were away for a couple of weeks, and and, and you know, um, the schedules change, and we had the very, very blessed opportunity to be with our son and daughter-in-law and our two grandchildren and our, our daughter. We were all together uh, for some time there as family, and things, you know, schedules change. And But I love coming back here to my routine of going into the chapel to be with the Lord in the tabernacle. He, he resides there. He's uh, reserved there uh, in our tabernacle and to pray morning prayer and to pray evening prayer and to really enter into this, this one-on-one, face-to-face dialogue through prayer with Jesus. Because Holy Father said that this expression of our need to respond to God's love, we pray in the knowledge that although unworthy, we are still loved. Prayer can take any number of different forms, Pope Francis writes. But what truly matters in God's eyes is that it penetrates deep within us and chips away at our hardness of heart in order to convert us ever more fully to God and to his will. There's a key. That should always be our prayer. Every prayer we pray, for whatever we're praying or however we're praying, whatever our intentions are, we always should be praying to know and do God's holy will. I have found in my own personal journey that I struggled the most when I was fighting God's will. I was most distracted and, and, and uh, um, disturbed when I was trying to do my will and not God's. And sometimes God's will isn't easy, is it? You know, again, as I'm sharing with you, uh, uh, the second weekend in in March, Cheryl and I are going down to EWTN, and uh, I'll give you more detail on that. I think it's the 11th and the 13th of March. It's a Wednesday and and Friday we're going to be on the program with Jim and Joy. But just for... uh, interview preparation they asked you know for information from us about things and our journey and in, in, in both Catholic radio and media and, and music and things and and uh, uh, you know I go back over all these things and I you know I again I say I have to write these things down because the the, the Lord you know if you let him will always lead you to a place that he needs you to be, that will bring enormous peace. It's not always going to be easy. You know, uh, Calvary wasn't easy, was it, to say the least. But look what came as a result of that. And sometimes, you know, my friends, we're asked to go down paths and, and, and via dolorosas ourselves that are not very pleasant or comfortable. But if God is allowing it and God is calling us there, it's going to 
benefit us and our eternal salvation. That's the most important thing. This life is passing. This life is going to be over. You know, I, 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 you know if, you're, if you're a regular listener here, you know, I turned 65 in December, so most of my life is behind me. <laughs> There's a lot more behind me than there is ahead of me. I don't want to live to be 130. So most of my life is behind me. But I so look forward and I pray that I, I, I make it to what God has in store for his children. But that journey is now, you know, it's not, we can't just do whatever we want to do here in this world and figure we're going to get there. God sent his only son into this world to lead us there, to teach us how to get there. And we have to continually communicate with him and dialogue with him through prayer. And Holy Father said, what truly matters in God's eyes is that prayer penetrates deep within us and chips away at our hardness of heart in order to convert us ever more fully to God and to his will, to know and do God's will. And Holy Father said, in this favorable season, may we allow ourselves to be led like Israel into the desert so that we can at last hear our spouse's voice and allow it to resound ever more deeply within us. The more fully we are engaged in, the, in his word, the more we will experience the mercy he freely gives. May we not let the time of grace pass in vain, in the foolish illusion that we can control the times and means of our conversion to him. You know, St. Pope John Paul II would often teach that conversion is a lifelong journey. Most people don't have the St. Paul experience where he was knocked down by a flash of light and all of a sudden he went from persecuting Christians to becoming one of the greats, greatest Christians. For you and me, it's a, it's a process. Think about where you were 20 years ago. I think about this I, 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 often, you know, um, 40 years ago, I was a high school teacher at a Catholic school up in New Brunswick at St. Peter's, where I was, which was my alma mater. Uh, I was 26 years old, and, you know, you're 26 years old in, in, in the 70s, 80s, single. You do some stupid stuff, horrible things sometimes. Lived a, a dangerous life, I did, many times. There are people who knew me 40 years ago who wouldn't know me today. That's not the Jim Manfredonia I knew. He's talking about that stuff. But each step along the way, and I have a long way to go, by the way. I have a long way to go. Because we're human, because we're imperfect, because we have a fallen nature. So it's an ongoing journey, uh, conversion is. And, you know, uh, we have this beautiful cycle of liturgical seasons that we go through every year that Mother Church gives us. And whenever we get to this time of year, this, this day before Lent, as I said at the beginning of the program, you know, we all have these these wonderful objectives 
and what we're going to do for Lent. And we don't, you know, uh, I'm going to stop eating between meals because, you know, I really want to lose 20 pounds. That's not why we're doing it. If that's why you're doing it, it's, it, it's, it's worthless. You may lose 20 pounds, but spiritually it's worthless. You want to be holier on Easter Sunday than you are on, on Ash Wednesday. You want to live the, the next six weeks as kind of the, the, like the revving up of your conversion. And again, we'll all have a long way to go. None of us is going to be perfect on Easter Sunday. But we could be better. And Holy Father said the more fully we engage with his word, the more we will experience the mercy he freely gives us. May we not let this time of grace pass in vain. I, I thinking back to last year, you know, last year we had we had a rough <laughs> we had a rough first few months of the year with all the issues we had around here, mold and all kinds of stuff. And I remember Lent was right in the thick of it, and I was thinking, okay, I want I set goals for myself and objectives for things I wanted to accomplish during Lent. The Lord had other ideas. He goes, I want you to deal with this. That's too easy. What you picked out was too easy. I want you to deal with this situation. <laughs> this, this is a real penance. Many things. So in our prayer, we in God's will, Lord, you know, how would you... What do you need from me this Lent? How would you like me to live over the next six weeks and things to do in order to become a holier person, to make this a fruitful season of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, of penance? The Lord will guide you. That we need to continue this journey of conversion. That's, that's a key. And then Holy Father says, the fact that the Lord once again offers us a favorable time for our conversion should never be taken for granted. This new opportunity ought to awaken in us a sense of gratitude and stir us from our sloth. Despite the sometimes tragic presence of evil in our lives and in the life of the church and the world, this opportunity to change our course expresses God's unwavering will not to interrupt his dialogue of salvation with us. In the crucified Jesus, who knew no sin, yet for our sake was made to be sin, Pope Francis writes, this saving will, uh, saving will led the Father to burden his Son with the weight of our sins. In the expression of Pope Benedict XVI, turning of God against himself, for God also loves his enemies. So this time, my friends, this Holy, Holy Father uh, Pope Francis calls this favorable time for our conversion should never be taken for granted. You know, let's not go through the next six weeks assuming, making a lot of assumptions about our salvation uh, and making a lot of assumptions about conversion, that's never going to happen if we don't make the effort. God wants nothing more than for you and me to spend eternity with him. It is for that 
that for which we were created. It's as simple as that. God made me to know him, to love him, to serve him in this life so that I can be happy with him forever in the next. That's it. You know, read, as I said, in, in, in morning prayer, evening prayer, we pray psalms every day. How long, O God, must I wait for you? How long, O God, will my time here be? Sometimes our time on earth is, is you know, you hear these stories of the um, pending pandemic from this coronavirus, threats of war and all the things that surround us in our own uh, f- failing humanity. We've been around a long time, mankind. We've been, man has been on this earth for a long time and done everything we possibly can to destroy ourselves. And the devil doesn't help because he's right there behind everything that uh, he can think of to distract us, to turn us away, to tear us away and lure us away from God, our salvation and our conversion. And, you know, my friends, we read those statistics of the numbers of people who are counted among the nuns, the N-O-N-E-S, those who have no religion, no faith, no belief. God loves them just as much as he loves you and me. We don't want to sometimes have a hard time believing that, but it's true. God loves those people just as much. He doesn't love us more. He loves all of his children equally. He doesn't love what they do, what they think, what they believe. But he loves them. And he doesn't want them to perish. And every one of us, you know, in, in however, in whatever state we're in, in our own sinfulness, in our own failings, Lent is a great time. Starting tomorrow, when we hear those words, man, you are dust, and to dust you shall return, reminding us of our mortality. And that one day, and no one is exempt from this, one day, we're all going to transition into the next life. And we will decide where we want to spend it. And our journey here, our time on this earth, is a time for us to continually strive to become holier, to become perfect eventually as our Heavenly Father is perfect, so that we can spend our eternity with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's the ultimate. That's that's what we were created for. And there is that battle. There is that spiritual battle that's taking place. And we have to fight it with all that we have available to us. Okay, I'm going to take it. No, I'm leaving. I'm not taking a break. I'm leaving. Got to go. Uh, be back tomorrow, God willing. Um, and we'll continue this teaching from uh, Pope Francis, uh, his message for Lent. So don't forget, tomorrow's Ash Wednesday. Uh, get your ashes, and I'll be back at 4 o'clock, God willing. Until then, my friends, thank you so much for being here with me today. I'm, gra- I'm happy, so happy to be back, uh, and uh, thank you for being a part of my day. My name is Jim Manfredonia. Thanks for listening. God bless you, and God love you. <laughs>